Well, we are edging ever closer to the two Diamond League finals in Zurich and Brussels on the 30th and 31st of August that are going to round off the 2018 season with the champions to be crowned, trophies that will be lifted, and uh, it's all been set up rather nicely. In this episode, we're going to hear from an American sprinter who is jointly leading the Diamond League standings in the 200 metres. I mean, obviously I want to make the teams, but uh, I want to win medals now. Uh, I don't want to just show up to the meet and, and be in the race. I want to contend for medals. And at the world stage, at the Olympics, um, I want to bring home medals now. Jenna Prandini, who as you'll hear is pretty talented, a long jumper and a volleyball player at one stage. The 25-year-old from California went to Oregon University, first making the US senior team at a major international tournament at the World Championships in 2015, ended up being a silver medalist in the relay competition after what was a real breakthrough year in winning the US trials. Then again, succeeded in making the Olympic team a year later. But uh, more recently, she's had a, a bit of a struggle with injuries. Fabulous year this year, though, including a win at uh, the London Diamond League. And let's not forget, it's been a pretty stacked field throughout 2018 in the women's 200 metres. And with the women's sprints in particular, with the likes of uh, Mara Jose Talu, Daphne Skippers, Shawnee Miller-Webo, Sharika Jackson, who jointly leads the standings uh, with Jenna Prandini. So, uh, without further ado, let's get uh, the full lowdown on her. She's been speaking to Tom Byrne. I really did all the sports as a kid and then narrowed it down to like volleyball and track um, throughout high school. And um, I was in love with volleyball, but um, for track, I was just like, clearly, I was just way better at that. At the beginning of my career, I was more successful at long jump. And then I did triple jump as well. Um, it wasn't until my senior year of high school that, like, um, I had one long jump the year before, but that was the year I won the 100, the 200, and long jump at state meet. I think it was there. I was like, wow, I can sprint too. So when I was going into Oregon, it wasn't just like, we're going to have you jump. It was, we're going to focus on your sprinting, and that's going to carry you in the, in the jumps. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about volleyball because you're a California girl, is that right? Did yeah. you grow up on the beach? Is that how you get into the all of, uh, you know, kind of beach life, volleyball, beach volleyball? <laughs> I didn't grow up on the beach, even though, I mean, you hear California, you're like, oh, you must you must be like right next to the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm in the middle of California, so um, I'm not on the beach, but volleyball is a very popular sport. And um, I played club volleyball, like, all through high school growing up um, and I just loved it. Um, I like the team aspect of it and and stuff so um, my sister played it when when I when I was younger so I watched her play and it was something that I kind of just followed her footsteps doing but um, yeah that was my favorite sport and my parents were like you can play volleyball but you know like you're gonna do track too because because you're really good at it so so that was the reason, that, did you have any parents who used, to, or relatives who used to run track at all? Um, my parents, well, my, my parents and my older brother and sister, they both, they all did track. So um, they didn't do it at this level, but they, they did track all in high school and uh, growing up as well. So it was something that, I guess it's in the family and I grew up watching them do it. So it was some like, uh, my brother would always make me run around with his friends. So he would be like, uh, you're really fast. You you gotta keep doing this. Did you beat your brother? 
I have a faster PR than him now, but I would he would line me up against his friends as like a joke, like, hey, I bet you can't beat my little sister. So we'd go down the race on the street and, and run against each other. And did you win? I would beat them, yeah. Okay, so that speed was always there then? Yeah. Okay. How then did you make the transition to sprints? Was was it a natural transition? Did your coaches tell you, listen, you, we know you can jump, but you, we really think you'd be a better sprinter? Or or did you always have your mind on it since that high school meet where you won the sprint titles? Um, I mean, I've always sprinted as well, but uh, I guess I was just always more successful in long jump. So people just saw me more as a long jumper. Um, I was still sprinting, um, but once I got into Oregon, um, their system is kind of, uh, I mean, if the faster you are, the, the farther you're going to jump. So it was more like you're going to do all the sprint training and then, you know, you're going to get faster and stronger and, and that's just only going to help you in the long jump. So it wasn't so much I was focused on jumping. I, I did a lot less jumping actually than I thought I would. But uh, I mean, in the end, that, that helped out a lot. And it's interesting that in Oregon, you know, it's a very kind of, it's a track school, essentially, isn't it? Obviously, they've got a good football program and whatever else, but it's a track school. Mm -hmm. And during those NCAA meets, you were one of the biggest contributors towards the team scores. Did you really enjoy that team environment? Was it a bit reminiscent of the volleyball environment that you kind of grew up in? Yeah. I mean, I loved, that's the whole reason I went to Oregon is because, uh, I wanted to be on a team that could win nationals and um, that was something that they were emphasizing a lot is they hadn't won an outdoor title in a long time but that's what they were you know going for so I was very interested in that um, as well as obviously it's a track school but yeah I mean those meets were like so fun because we're not only going for that team title but we're doing it at Hayward Field in front of our home crowd so um, yeah they're, they're crazy for us. What would you say is, like, as you look back on your NCAA career, is there a standout moment for you? I mean, the first NCAA title I won was in long jump, sophomore year. So, um, I mean, that was finally, I, I had watched everyone else because obviously you have so many big names and, and so much talent on Oregon that I had watched other people win titles and um, I knew that I wanted to. I wasn't sure what event would come first, but uh, that was definitely one of my goals. So to co go out and win long jump um, was huge. Hayward Field is just so full of tradition and so much history and track. But um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a whole new track and, and it's not Hayward Field. But um, I mean, the thing that makes it so cool is how the crowd comes and packs the stadium and the fans are the people who, who know the history and that you could step on the line and it doesn't matter if you're from Oregon or from whatever school, like they know your PRs, they know who you are and they'll cheer for you. So um, it's definitely not Hayward Field anymore, but um, I think with the fan base that they have there, they're just so in love with track that it's, it's going to be, it might even be better because that, that stadium looks incredible. Yeah. And well, the Worlds are due to take place there in 2021, but you've already done a bit, few big USA teams. Mm -hmm. What surprised you about international competition versus NCAA? It was a bigger transition than I thought. Um, it was hard for me to adjust to getting on the line and having people who are not just as fast as me, but faster and learning how to race with them. Um, it was an adjustment. I mean, at the time, 
I would like to say I was like confident, but yeah, I, I mean, I would go into the races and I was in, you know, like the best shape of my life. And in practice, I was running these times where um, that that the times I was running in practice weren't really reflecting what I was doing in the race. So um, I was really frustrated with that. And I mean, at Worlds in 2015, I didn't make it to the final, um, and it it wasn't because I wasn't prepared or physically prepared. It was just, I just, I don't know, I had a bad race. And then even in Rio, um, I was frustrated with that as well. This year, it seems like you've kind of, you're making breakthroughs. That's mm -hmm. the way it seems to me. And you won in London a couple of weeks ago, which, yeah. which felt significant. Does it feel significant to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the start of the year, uh, my foot was broken. So my training got completely thrown off. Right. And um, How did you break your foot, was it? Stress it was a stress fracture. So last year we couldn't figure out what was wrong, and right. I was racing and I wasn't racing well. And uh, like at USA's, I didn't even make the final of the hundred. And in September they finally figured out like, oh, you have a stress fracture, but it's gonna take you like four months because it was in a slow healing bone. So um, I sat out for a long time, and it, like the plan with me and my coach was like, okay, this is an off year. Like all you want to do is is get healthy and we'll get you really strong. And then I guess it was a complete reset for me and I was able to refocus and readjust everything. And um, yeah, I felt better than I ever have this year. Man, I was, so I was on crutches for like eight weeks and then in the boot for uh, like six more weeks for a while. And then uh, it wasn't until like March that I was like sprinting. Um, so yeah, I sat out for more time than I wanted to. I had to learn how to be patient and, and just kind of let things heal. Um, once I started running, it was just kind of like, you'd give me the workout and you'd be like, yeah, you're gonna do like three 30 meters today. And I'm like, that's it. And we just took it really slow and um, it's worked out so far this year. <laughs> what did you do for eight weeks? Did you, did you acquire any hobbies? You take up knitting or anything? Uh, <laughs> I was at home, so I went back home. Um, instead of in Oregon and um, kind of just hung out with my family and um, my friends there and you know they kind of took my mind off track and just distracted me and we were just like hanging out with each other and at the time I hated it but uh, looking back right now like I feel better than I've ever felt and um, you know I'm excited about racing and um, I think it's showing in my in my actual races that I'm able to step on the line and I'm just I feel like I'm a different athlete. Totally. Well, did, did you win the 200 title this year, the US title? Yeah. So you reclaimed that title. Mm -hmm. I think you set a PR in London. Is that right? Over mm -hmm. the 200 with that yeah, win. Yeah. And then you've just won the NACAC 100 meter title. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of, it's all just stringing together. Is, yeah. Is that a surprise? Um, it's surprising with, for like my coach and I just looking back at what I've done training wise. Um, but I mean, I've always known that I could do it. Uh, it wasn't a matter of like the times that I'm running. It's not that, that's not the surprise. It's like a matter of when it's all gonna come together. And um, I'm finally gonna put the races together when they count. And um, it's just exciting that, you know, I've been working hard doing stuff and it, like my practices are finally reflecting in my races. Do you think it's something that maybe will inform your future years now that you, you know, you don't have to hammer it from from winter right through an indoor season. That you can actually gently three by thirty meters. Even I could train on that. Yeah. 
does that give you confidence kind of build into next year that you know if there is a hiccup we just deal with it oh yeah definitely um and my coach knows me so well I've been with him throughout college and now as a professional so to be able to like trust what he's saying and it's you know like he was telling me stuff and I'm like are you sure that's what you want me to do but like all right like whatever you say um it gives me a lot of confidence because um you know I, I I can do whatever training and, and still be able to come out and, and perform like I like. What's your favorite session to do? I like to do like 150s or 120s. Like and what what'd you prefer to race over? I always say like whichever one I'm running better at the time. <laughs> <laughs> do you think this new Diamond League setup with kind of winner takes all in the finals, is that something that's now on your mind? Yeah, I mean, there's no Worlds and there's no Olympics this year, so... Um, that's like the ultimate goal is to go in the Diamond League. When you line up now, if you line up against Mary Josie Talu, Tina Asher Smith, um, Daphne Skippers, yeah, who else is in? Uh, Shawnee Miller's in that 200 as well. Do, do you go into it with a different mindset than perhaps that you would have done in 2015 when you were new to that that high class scene? Um, yeah, definitely. I'm just more confident now, and right. I and I know what to expect and. Um, I know how to stay relaxed in the race and um, not not let like who else is around me affect my performance. So, yeah, I'm just a lot more confident and I feel ready when I'm on the line. Because that's important for sprinting, isn't it? Just being relaxed. Yeah, I always PR when I'm relaxed and uh, I feel like I'm not trying my hardest. But that's you know when I have my best performance is when I'm relaxed and not thinking about things. Defining moments of your career so far. Does anything spring to mind? I mean, for this year, like, just to be able to come off being injured all fall and most of winter and to be able to come back out and get back to this level um, to prove to myself that I can do it and that um, I'm able to compete even, even if I have something like an injury get thrown my way that I'm able to bounce back from it. Um, it's, it's good for me to see now, especially in this, this off year, that um, whatever gets thrown at me, uh, I'll be able to, to handle. Do you have any pain in your foot now? No, I'm knock on wood. I'm good right now. <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. When you're writing your goals down for the next season, what do you realistically want to be coming out of those seasons with? I mean, obviously I want to make the teams, but uh, I want to win medals now. Uh, I don't want to just show up to the meet and, and be in the race. I want to contend for medals. and. At the world stage, at the Olympics, um, I want to bring home medals now. Just a, a little bit about that US system because it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Top three. Yeah. And if you don't make top three, you're not going. So, how do you prepare for a season where you've kind of got to come twice almost? Um, I let my coach do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'll show up to training every day and do exactly what he wants, and um, I trust him enough to know that he'll get me ready for. U.S. champs, and then um, get through that, and then he'll get me ready for Worlds after that. That's so important, isn't it, to just kind of trust the process? Yeah. Have you ever doubted the process? I, I feel like the relationship that I have with my coach, it's just so good that, you know, like, I just trust whatever he says, and if he said you know, run with one arm, then I'm going to run with one arm because he has some sort of reason for it. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things in track is that if 
I can just show up to practice every day and know that whatever I'm doing is, is only going to help me. Um, it makes it easier for me. Like, my only job is to show up and practice, and uh, he's got the plan, and, and he knows what my goals are, and he'll get me there. Outside of track and field, what, what are your interests? What do you do for downtime in your, in your room? Do you, do you watch movies? Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. So that's an interest? <laughs> no, I mean... What are you watching at the moment? Any well, series? I'm, I'm actually looking for a show right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Someone I recommended think. Atlanta to me. Atlanta. Atlanta. Hmm. I've Check never it out. seen it. It's hard because, like, there's shows in America that aren't here, so, like, your shows get kind of thrown off. So sometimes <laughs> you travel and all of a sudden you can't watch your favorite Yeah, you're thing. like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. But I did watch a really good documentary about George Harrison the other day, you know, The Beatle. Yeah. So that I know that's available in Europe. Okay. And what Check else? It out. Can you speak any languages? Sign language. Can you? Yeah. Where did you learn? At Oregon. Um, I took two years. Okay. I can more like understand it, but. So any, any other secret talents? I can cook. What's your signature dish? I always laugh because it's like everything that I cook, it's what my mom taught me. So like, she's like, that's not your signature dish. Like I taught you that. But I can cook Italian food pretty good. Right. Yeah. Because like, every year, like, my dad's side of the family will make like, homemade raviolis for Christmas and stuff. So those are like my favorite food. Okay. So if I was coming to your house for a dinner party? I could make some good lasagna. Yeah? Yeah. Like That's maybe. a secret. You can't, it's like a family secret. You can't okay. know the recipe. Off pork, off beef? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. It's something that uh, my, my dad's uh, Nona taught him. So okay. kind of just got passed. I stole the recipe. It's not Italian, but my, my favorite dessert is peach pizza. Peach pizza? Yeah. It okay. sounds disgusting, but it's life-changing. Is that like a bread base or a pastry base? It's like a cookie almost at the bottom, like a shortbread almost. Yeah. yeah. With like um, like this cream cheese Cool Whip as the sauce, and then there's like peaches and stuff on top. It's so good. Well, yeah, there we go. Cool. You're Jenna Prandini and you are the chef for tonight. Chef, yeah, I got you. Thanks so much, Jenna. Thank you. <laughs> US sprinter Jenna Prandini there speaking to Tom Byrne. As I mentioned earlier, she jointly leads the 200-meter standings on the road to the final with Sharika Jackson of Jamaica. So, so many talented athletes in that longer sprint. Talu, Shippers, Asher Smith, Jackson, and I could keep going. The anticipation really building now. This podcast comes out every week. Lots of content on the social media channels and on our YouTube as well. So do keep your eyes and ears across those. For now though, thank you for listening and goodbye.